All right, here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I am Jeremy Jackson, host of the Sports Medicine Broadcast, and this will be sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash leadership in crisis with Dr. Josh Yellen, director of uh, the Master's of Athletic Training Program at the University of Houston. So he's talking about the leadership in crisis, so critical incident management, but then what are you going to do? How are you going to lead that situation and, and then beyond? So we got Sean Reedy will be asking the questions, and then Dr. Yellen will be sharing all the answers. You got it, Sean. Your talk, mm-hmm. leadership. Leadership in that that emergency. Leadership in planning for that emergency. I mean, we've, I think, as the, the first thing that came to mind, and I think that most athletic trainers can understand, is COVID, right? Mm-hmm. That that's the first thing that I think some a lot of people now are going to understand is like, man, I did a lot. Mm -hmm. I helped facilitate a lot of things for my athletics department, for my hospital, for my coaches, for my AD. That that's that's it does not in there. And that's the one thing that I saw that like I see out of this with our practice analysis mm-hmm. everything that, that, that uh, obviously two that you primarily hit on but expand on that i think from a covid standpoint yep. so that then we can go in a little further in yeah, the other stuff let's jump into it um so first of all you know I'm, I'm gonna go back to what you just said in terms of planning in uh athletics right you spoke to your ad you spoke to you know, your coach, you did all of it. And what you described were two of basically, well, maybe one practice setting of like the nine that we know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about settings. And so what you just described is the athletic trainer in the intermediate or secondary school, mm-hmm. right? Maybe at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And so COVID was a pandemic mm-hmm. and it affected everybody. Mm-hmm. And so when we affect everybody right now, we have to look at a public health emergency and how do we, as healthcare providers that function in the village of medicine, how do we respond to that? And how do we show, um, hey, look, we are qualified healthcare providers and we have a purpose here and we can help. So rather than saying, hey, I'm an athletic trainer and I function solely in a sports setting, I'm an athletic trainer and I function in any setting, right? I'm in occupational medicine. And so, you know, some of the things that you and I have talked about in the past. I'm, I'm the head athletic trainer for football. Okay. How I look at that from a medical model is to say, you're an athletic trainer and you have a lot of experience in triage medicine. If you're an athletic trainer at the secondary school setting, you have a lot of experience in pediatrics, mm-hmm. right? So that's how I look at it. So when we, once we start to look at it from that standpoint, then we can apply any type of emergency situation because it's medicine and we've been trained to do it. So you, you expanded there on our settings. Like okay. we've, we've moved from that secondary setting, from that collegiate mm-hmm. setting. We, we, we now have to deal with insurance. That's mm-hmm. one of the big, one of the, the points that you made there. Um, but we all do that even in the secondary setting, even sure. in the high school setting, sure. or, or I'm sorry, even in the collegiate setting, professional setting. As we should. We're healthcare As, providers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. The, the slide that you set up that was, basically a comparison model talk through your comparison model of primary care uh-huh yeah versus an athletic trainer yeah right this is i'm glad you brought this up and hopefully that resonated with you mm-hmm. the reason why i have that up there is that 
um, when I show the definition of athletic training, and if I take the descriptor out of it, right, and I overlay that with the definition of primary care medicine, according to the American Academy of Family Physicians, they're almost identical. And when I show that to other athletic trainers, even when I show that to physicians, they go, wow, mm-hmm. this is almost identical. I mean, with the exception of a couple things, right? In athletic training, we talk about therapeutic intervention. We talk about, um, you know, some other things that are unique to our skill set. Um, but we look a lot like medicine. We look a lot like primary care medicine. And this is a really unique opportunity for us as a profession because if anybody's been paying attention, we have a national shortage in primary care physicians. Mm-hmm. And so this is prime time for us to step in and say, look at my skill set. Look what I can do. So the thing that I thought of there as you started talking through that was this last week I went to Davis Mountains for a, a conference for the conference out there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> West Texas. I know. Okay. It's not California. I know. It's the other West. It's the same direction West, but our West. Um, so... I did a talk on practicing scared. Yeah. That was the, that was that was my talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bettering your injury, bettering your evaluation mm-hmm. of an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I do that, and the reason I I think of those things, is because I practice scared mm-hmm. in that term of I don't want someone else's license. I, I want someone else's license relying on mine. Obviously I practice as an athletic trainer, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to ever worry that my evaluation is not going to be similar or at least to the level of what they, they would expect of me. Um, so I, wait, are you referencing another healthcare provider? Are you uh, referencing a patient? Physician. Physician, oh, a physician? A physician that's overseeing okay. me. Okay. Correct? Okay. Yeah, sure. Like, I want to make sure that my my evaluation mm-hmm. is at least to the level of which their expectation would be. Yeah. And it's the same. That's the big thing that right. I talked through. I talked through a lot was I want to make sure every time I do the evaluation, it's going to be the same. So I'm not going to miss something. Well, that's where I, I, I kind of, my mind went with this in that primary health care provider. Mm-hmm. You're practicing, yes, you're practicing within your profession. Yes, I'm practicing with under my athletic, tr- or uh, under, I'm sorry, under my physician's coverage, mm-hmm. their it's, license. It's, well, it's not your coverage, it's delegation. Delega- mm-hmm. Delegation, yep. So as practicing that direct, that way, I think of, I guess, how can, how can I, uh-huh. as a provider, yep. how can I become a pro- better provider and how can I help other athletic trainers to become a better provider so that overall we start looking at this as I want to make sure that I'm preparing myself, preparing uh-huh. everything that I do. You brought up, you, you brought up everything, right? Uh-huh. Like you brought, you bring up the call, military setting. You called everybody out. You, mm-hmm. As you call everybody out, how can I prepare my setting, whatever my setting is, yeah, whether sure. it's San Antonio Fire Department mm-hmm. or whether it's a secondary high school um, or whatever, how can I prepare myself so that I can function in a way that a physician oversight because mm-hmm. my description is very similar to mm-hmm. a physician so that my respect level is to that to which of a physician I know that's a very wordy way no, to ask no, no, no. a question. It took a long time to get there, but I've got about four answers. Okay. Okay. And so a lot of people don't like it when I start to get on this train, 
but I'm just going to say it anyway. Uh, one, we've got an issue with, you know, people in my position, mm-hmm. the directors. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, one of the things I get on directors about is, you know, if I did the math, right, part of my presentation was 58,000 athletic trainers from the BOC, only about 300 directors. That means 0.5% of the entire athletic training population are directors. Mm-hmm. And the job of the director is to understand the curricular content standards from the kitty to understand the practice analysis from the BOC, to understand state practice act, to understand, um, you know, what is graduate medical education, to understand the Institute of, of health initiative, triple aim, you know, to understand all of those. And then, you know, try to start to implement that, not just sit back and say, Oh, well, you know, this or that. And that I, I'm a big believer in, we need to keep pushing into that village of medicine. Okay. Along those lines, Let's take two like professions, right? Both at the professional master's degree level. One is going to be physician assistant, PA. The other one's going to be athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both now are at the professional master's degree level. One is more respected in the medical model than the other. Oh, by the way, both have a national certification. Mm-hmm. One's more respected in the, in the medical model than the other. What happened? How come? Because when I look at the genesis of athletic training, that started in 1950. Right, genesis of uh, physician assistant started in 1960. That's a decade after we started. Mm-hmm. How come we're not in that same conversation? Mm-hmm. Well, to understand how to move forward, we have to understand what happened in the past. And for whatever reason, we just had people in the past that said, "Hey, you know what? We're very comfortable functioning in the sports setting, and that's great if you only want to function in that sports setting." So, how do we start to get accepted into the medical model, right? We look at other like professions, you know, PA. Another like profession would be PT. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, a lot, well, it's a DPT. It's a professional doctorate. Um, one of the reasons, so let, let's also go back. Um, one of the reasons why the profession of athletic training moved to a professional master's degree, a lot of people don't understand this. All the other like professions are at the professional master's degree level. Okay, so I look at PT, PA, OT, speech therapy, right? That's all the professional graduate level. Um, to, to have direct access to patient care, the United States says that you have to have a professional doctorate. Mm-hmm. That's a doctor of physical therapy, doctor of chiropractic, doctor of optometry, doctor of podiatric medicine, right? Those are all professional doctoral levels, so you have direct access. Here's another thing that a lot of people don't uh, like. Um, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid won't reimburse CMS. They won't reimburse for a baccalaureate level provider. So as the athletic trainer, if I want to function in that village of medicine, I need to look, act, behave, and speak like medicine. Guess what? They're all at the professional graduate level. Mm-hmm. We need to be at the professional graduate level. If I want a piece of that pie of, you know, how do I get access to insurance? I need to be at the professional graduate level because CMS won't reimburse for a baccalaureate level provider. So this is the reason why we need, and we're just late to the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, right? So how do we gain, how do we gain the recognition with the physicians? That's really your question. Basically. Okay. So I cannot stand, this is my pet peeve. When, when I hear an athletic trainer describe what they do using other professions, I think we're the only profession that does that. Basically, an EMT plus a yeah, physical kinda, therapist. You know, I you know uh, somebody got hurt. Uh, you, you see a football. You game see the football game. The guy runs yeah. out there. Right, right. 
that's usually the right. And you just said it. You and I really haven't talked about. We just said it. We've both been 100%. a part of the same thing. So, what's the definition of the athlete or trainer? What you know? What is it that you do? What are your practice domains? It's changing. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that I asked out there was, how many of you are familiar with the practice analysis seven? About five raised their hand. Mm -hmm. Then I asked how many, right? Five of the hundred and how many people are in attendance? Correct. Okay. Then I asked, what about the practice analysis eight? Maybe one. Okay. This is our, that publication is already out. Mm -hmm. It's already out. It's already been there. How come people don't know about it? What are we doing? Well, to me, I say, you know, as, as a director of a program, as an educator, um, it's my job to inform mm -hmm. and I've got to push that information out. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that, um, and I'm a big believer in is that we have to function like medicine. We have to break out of, I answer to a coach. No, you don't show me the, show me the state practice act. Show me that definition of BOC. We work in collaboration with or under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. That's an MD or a DO. That's it. It's not a coach. You don't answer to the coach. Correct. You have no legal balance to answer to a coach. So in order to get the respect from the physician, we need to speak S medicine. Step up to that physician level of. Yeah. Correct. That's the only way. And here's the other, you know, some other professions don't like to hear this. But the fact of the matter is, in the medical model, physician is the top. Mm -hmm. We're all extensions of the physician. Mm -hmm. That means the nurse practitioner, the PA, the dentist, the podiatrist, um, you know, the social worker, the professional counselor, the psychologist. They're, we're all extensions of the physician. A lot of other healthcare providers don't like to hear that. But I think that's part of our bread and butter, Right. I don't think we're ever going to go to a professional doctoral degree. There are uh, post-professional advanced practice clinical doctorates, DAT. Great. Awesome. You know, um, and I'm a big fan of the residency and the fellowship model. How come? Well, you know, a lot of people don't understand it. Medicine understands it. What's the residency there for? It's to start to teach you acculturation into a particular setting. That's what, that's the reason for a residency. Residencies by nature. I'm not done yet. Res, I'm just getting warmed up. Re, re, done correctly. <laughs> done correctly. Yeah, done Residencies correctly. done, done correctly. Yeah, done correctly. And they all, so residencies have to be KD accredited. Correct. Okay. Now. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so what a lot of people thought a residency was, and maybe they were dabbling in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm, it's an internship. That's really what it is. A residency by nature has to be attached to a hospital. Mm -hmm. You can't have a residency in a collegiate athletic training room. Correct. You can't have a res. You can't by nature, right? And that's part of like understanding medical education. Correct. So that that's where my frustration lies. Mm -hmm. And then if I start to bring all that back around to leadership, Sean, here's what we start to see. Um, you know, if I want to be a principal of a school, then I'm going to go through principal training. If I want to be assistant principal. They're going to send me some sort of training. Um, if I want to be the CEO of a company, somebody's going to send me to leadership training. And I want everybody to know there's a big difference between management and leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but there, there's training in higher education. It's not just an athletic training. It's pervasive in higher education. What's the training to become a leader? Unless, you know, you're like me and you have formal education in educational leadership. And then I've got a subspecialty in educational law. What qualifies this person to do it? 
Mm-hmm. How did they learn? Really, it's OTJ on the job. Mm-hmm. But do you really understand the theories? Do you really understand how we got there? How do you leverage your resources? How do you how do you market and promote? How do you grow? How do you implement strategies? How do you communicate? Right? How do you get buy-in from all your stakeholders? Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. And that's what medicine does. So when you go back to when you go back to medicine and when you go back to falling under that medical model mm-hmm. and you start talking about, um, I guess, how, how, how do I want to word that, this? That, that rant dragged me out a little bit. I, I know it, 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 it gets you, you know, my, I feel like that speech from Santa. I'm just getting warmed up and around, you know, my brain just starts rapping. Um, when you start thinking about that, a friend of mine, we were having a conversation the other day about, about athletic training as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because the realistics of it is, is if we don't move into a a better role and stake our ground mm-hmm. as medical professionals, mm-hmm. we're gonna somebody's gonna step in mm-hmm. and somebody's gonna say, "Well, I can tape an ankle, mm-hmm. or I can." So let me let me touch on this for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen, I know there are a lot of athletic trainers functioning in a secondary school setting. And they've got students that are interested in becoming an athletic trainer. I think it's great. It's an introduction to medicine, mm-hmm. right? These are not student trainers. These are sports medicine student aides. Use the appropriate vernacular, right? And so here's the message that it shows the public. And by the way, some of the people that are making decisions about your job. Correct. That when, um, you know, these certified athletic trainers are allowing students to tape an ankle to respond to something. The message that gets sent is high school kids, no education can do your job. Why should I give you a raise? What kind of value do you bring to the table? And then let's go one step further, right? When I first got here to university of Houston, founded the program, um, a lot of the athletic trainers were like, well, wait a minute. Uh, they can, somebody can come in with absolutely zero experience and know what they're doing. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, just like medicine kid wants to go to medical school, right? Let's say they want to be a surgeon. Does that mean that they've got experience in the operating room cutting on somebody? They know how to tie a surgeon's knot. They know how to resect, dissect. They know how to close open, right? They, they know all about it. No, that's what the professional schooling is about. Correct. So one of the things that we termed was this is AT school. This is a two-year investment, just like PA, mm-hmm. just like some of the other professional schools. So, you know, I, I, I tend to get frustrated by that. And then the other thing, too, at some of the colleges, I understand that, you know, there's just a shortage of healthcare providers. So when you've got a collegiate setting and you've got some of those athletic trainers that are using students, and I'm, just, I'm using the word using, they're using students as a workforce. The, Correct. The message that it sends is this. Hey, I got some boots on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. But here's somebody with zero education that I'm showing them you know, how to use the therapeutic modality. I'm showing them how to do an evaluate. I'm showing, you know, basic table, whatever it is. Insert whatever you want to insert. What's the message that sends? The message that sends is that here's somebody without a college education that can, can do my job. And I, and you go back to management and I can manage them. So all I am, I'm not a medical professional. No. I'm a manager. No. And we have athletic directors that walk into a collegiate athletic training room not, no, sorry, not medical, but athletic director. Did I say athletic directors? Athletic directors. Yes. Yeah. When you have athletic directors that watch, walk into a collegiate athletic training room and say, hey, 
you know what? I got to tell you something, man. Your athletic training facility is the cleanest room in the entire building. It better be. It's a medical, medical. facility. Correct. Right? And that's what they see. So we got to get out from under the athletic model and move into the medical model. And, you know, I implore every athletic trainer out there, you, you know, you need to start to market and promote and really push what you're doing. Because I hear a lot of athletic trainers complaining about salary, complaining about hours. You know, the magic number in medicine is 80. I don't mm -hmm. know if people know that. Correct. So uh, what does that mean? That means that for a resident, right, they can work as much as 80 hours a week. For a fellow, 80 hours a week. That's the magic number. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, are some of our athletic trainers working at? Yeah, for sure. That's what medicine Absolutely. looks like. So, you know, does a 40 hour week, you know, work week still exist? I don't know if it exists anywhere, right? Because of technology and answering texts. And I can tell you, I, I work more in the position that I'm in now than I ever did when I was clinical. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, I get text messages and emails and phone calls and emails and text messages and phone calls and then meetings and then, right. And then, and then, and then, and it's going, the only time it stops is when I'm sleeping. So, right. That, that doesn't exist, but how do we start to look at what we do and say, Hey, this is part of my practice analysis. I've been trained to do this. Let me step in and take the lead on this. So let me, let me ask one more question because I know Jeremy's sitting back here like tap, uh, ready to tap on our shoulders. He, he's not giving us the finger yet. He's not? Okay, no. Bubba's about to walk up here and take his spot. So then we've got another hour, hour and a half that right we on. can talk to. Right this. on. Um, so, H-Town takeover. <laughs> so give me one way. Not one way. Give me your, your way, however that is. If that's one way, if that's three things to do, if that's whatever. I know, obviously, we deal a lot here listening on this podcast, mm -hmm. secondary athletic trainers. Mm -hmm. How can that secondary athletic trainer that is, and how can I, as a, as a, a hospital employee, that yeah. is walking out and listening to these conversations that are being had, okay. help that secondary athletic trainer? Because that's who I see the most of, right? Yeah, right make them understand that leadership role and understand why as a profession mm -hmm. we need to move this direction other mm -hmm. than obviously than obviously what you've talked about more so being how can we start at a grassroots with these athletic training interns mm -hmm. And develop them and develop that well, and start you, developing that mindset. When you say athletic training, you're talking about somebody that already graduated from accredited. I'm sorry, athletic training uh, student aides, student aides mm -hmm. not interns. Right. Athletic training student aides mm -hmm. that say, hey, I want to come and I want to do what you do. Because as they start loading up and coming in, mm -hmm. they're full bore. I know how to tape ankles. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I, I do it. I do it. Right. I do it. We call, we used to call it the super trainer. Uh huh. Right. Um, how do I so what, help you know them? how to tape ankles? Correct. So what? Who cares? How do I help I know that? I put that, on a band-aid. That ATC, that athletic, certified athletic right. trainer. So I'm going to stop you right here, okay? I'm going to call you out. Mm -hmm. The vernacular is not ATC. It is AT or athletic trainer. Athletic trainer. Okay. No mm -hmm. longer ATC, right? Correct. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. So how do I help that athletic trainer practicing in the secondary school setting? Great. So rather than saying I'm an athletic trainer 
I'm the head athletic trainer at high school. I'm an athletic trainer and I have a specialty in pediatrics because of the patient population I deal with. Right. Um, who's, who's that person's direct line of contact. Now, if I take the medical model, maybe the CEO of a hospital has got their MBA. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not a physician. That's okay. But who does that athletic trainer directly answer to in terms of, Hey, I've got an injury now, legally speaking, um, Unless that student athlete at the high school level, unless their parents have signed a document that says that that athletic trainer can communicate to coach, that's not a healthcare provider, which I don't know a document that exists. So why is the coaching staff even involved in this conversation? And why is that healthcare provider answering to somebody without any medical training at all? That's not even part of our practice act. That's not even what we do. So why are we allowing that to happen? So it's more about knowledge and information and empowering people to say, hey, look, this is what the practice analysis says we do. By the way, the curricular content standards from the Katie, you've had education in this. And this goes back to something else, too. I guarantee if I walk back in that room and ask, how many of them think that they're being tested on the Katie curricular content standards? They're not. The Katie curricular content standards are designed to drive practice. Education always drives clinical practice. Always. Mm -hmm. It always has been. It always will. It does in medicine. It does in any other healthcare profession. What they're being tested on is the BOC practice analysis. Right. And so to be able to triangulate all that data, right, knowledge and information and empower people. I'm an athletic trainer and I specialize in pediatrics. I'm a, you know, if I'm in the professional sports, I'm an athletic training and I, I deal with professional athletes. If I'm baseball, I'm an athlete. I'm not the head athletic trainer for baseball. I'm an athletic trainer. I specialize in upper extremity orthopedics. If you're somebody like me, I'm an athletic trainer. And I specialize in, you know, leadership of organizations. So that's where we need to be. And the residency programs need to get away now from, okay, I'm going to specialize in orthopedics. That's our bread and butter. Okay. What about specializing in primary care? What about emergency medicine? What about occupational medicine? What about all the settings that we're in? How do we start uh, training our graduates to do that? About the only setting that's figured this out so far is the physician practice setting. That there are residencies set up in the physician practice setting. And there's great research and data led by Forrest Pekka on this. Then, you know, about every, what it's coming up with, it, he's giving me the look now. Um, what Really what it boils down to is about... Um, you know, the average return on investment for an athletic trainer in the physician practice setting is, uh, you know, somewhere between three and seven. So this is round of five. So that means every dollar I pay you, I get, you know, as the physician, I get a $5 return on investment. Wow. That's amazing. That means I can pay you a hundred grand, Sean. And in return, you're going to make me 500 grand. Mm -hmm. I can, I can hire four more people just based on you. So imagine now as a physician, how efficient I am. Mm -hmm. My patient outcomes go up. Um, my patients are happy. All the patient satisfaction surveys, they all increase. That's what medicine looks like. I'm more efficient. I can do more things. I can, I can outreach more, right? And so that's how you bring value to the table. So when somebody says, well, you know, what are you worth? You know, there's no answer to that. Mm -hmm. can bring all up. right. You ready? Good. I mean... Yeah, if we have to be, <laughs> you can continue to. I feel there. like I. I mean, Sean, I miss our eye contact, buddy. I do too, buddy. I mean, just, I do. It's just it's yeah. it's it's all right. Serious. On that note, 
And Dr. Yellen, you know how to get a hold of him. You have HMAT. You can just yeah. Google search that. Dr. Josh Yellen. Yeah, hit me up on my email, jbyellen at central.uh.edu. Go to our Facebook page, like our program. You can go to our website, uh, hhp.uh.edu slash MAT. Just Google search Google, University yeah, of Houston goes, MAT. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Is exam. it a slash or is it a backslash? I don't know, man. Colon, okay. semicolon, hyphen. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Just checking. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, you know Sean Reedy and how to get a hold of him. Instagram mostly. So for Jeremy Jackson, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash leadership in crisis. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash leadership in crisis. Dr. Yellen, Sean Reedy, and Jeremy Jackson. That is a wrap. Thanks.